0: Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. On today's show, we discuss two things. One, the Nationals have fired pitching coach Paul Menhart. So we'll have that news, break down the specifics of it, where the Nats go from here, why they made the move and more. After that, it'll be our playoff diary. Number three, I will break down the first two games of the American League Division Series and then talk about the upcoming National League Division Series games which start today, kind of look at the playoffs as a whole, which series are more compelling, which ones aren't. Two games we had yesterday, the Yankees and the Rays and then the A's and Astros game, all of them were pretty compelling in my opinion. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that and also first though, more importantly, the Nationals parting ways with uh, pitching coach Paul Menhart. So hope you guys enjoy the show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, before we get to it, I want you guys to know, I'm sorry there was no episode on Monday. I'll make up for it. We might have a double day this week. Uh, I was not feeling well on Sunday. I was not feeling well on Monday either. Went to the doctor, uh, got the COVID-19 test, came back negative still feeling a little bit out of it so sorry if my throat is a bit sore uh, you know it's a bit a bit uh, raspy at all but uh, yeah everything's good everything's fine dad got tested as well too he is good to go and mother is not feeling any symptoms so everything's good here um, sorry there was no show but obviously you got to look out for you know your health during these trying times so apologies on that front all right let's get to the big news here over the weekend the Nationals parted ways with pitching coach Paul Menhart they made this move on October 4th, and so Menhart was with the with, was with the Nationals for 15 years. He was the major league pitching coach for roughly over a year. He took over the club uh, at the pitching coach position in May 2019 after Derek Lilloquist was fired. You guys remember that from last season, and then the staff came a long way after that. Um, Menhart's a lot of his experience in dating back, especially to 2015, he was the minor league pitching coordinator for the entire Nationals organization. So he had a huge hand in the development of a lot of pitchers, namely Steven Strasburg and uh, also Kyle Finnegan. I saw him today speaking very highly of his time that he got to work with, uh, with Paul Menhart. So obviously, you know, you kind of think, okay, was this expected? That is the first question. No, it was not. On October 3rd, this comes from Byron Kerr over at Masson, he, uh, so that would have been on Saturday. Menhart 51 said he received a call from manager Davey Martinez this evening with news that his contract, which was up on October 31st, would not be renewed. In a text to Masson, he said, quote, I'm not sure how to take all of this. It's quite a shock, end quote. Menhart said he had attempted to reach Mike Rizzo, but has not yet been able to speak with the general manager. I don't think that's that's a very good look, uh, in my personal opinion. He said, quote, I have given 15 years to this organization, starting from the bottom, trying to help numerous pitchers achieve their major league dreams. Winning a World Series was the icing on the cake. This organization has been very kind to me and my family, and I wish them luck in the future, end quote. Nationals, through a team spokesman, confirmed that Menhart would be uh, replaced as pitching coach. Menhart, a longtime minor league pitching coach and coordinator for the Nationals, was promoted to major league pitching coach on May 1, 2019, replacing Derek Lilliquist. Under his tutelage, the Nationals pitching staff was able to right the ship after a 1931 start on their way to the 2019 World Series Championship. Because Menhart had coached extensively in the minor leagues, he had influenced the development of nearly every pitcher in the organization. Prior to joining the Nats as a major league pitching coach, he had served since 2015 as the organization's minor league pitching coordinator. Before that, he had stints with the uh, AAA Syracuse, AA Harrisburg, Single-A Potomac, Single-A Hagerstown, and Single-A Savannah. Um, And then it goes on to talk about his his pitching career. However, here's the big thing, right? In in the shortened season 2019, the Nationals' 5.09 ERA staff ranked 13th in the National League and 26th in the majors and their 1.517 whip was the last in the National League and 29th in the majors. Nats pitchers gave up an NL high 94 home runs and ranked 29th in the majors. National starters posted a 5.38 ERA, which ranked 27th out of 30 teams. Okay, so, you know, I think with the stats, the first thing, he deserves a bit of a pass on that because... Uh, the shortened season, and obviously no Joe Ross, no Steven Strasberg. It looked to me like Max Schroeser was battling some kind of injury the entire season. And also, too, there was really not a whole lot of places they could have gone besides Austin Voth with that starter spot. So they were kind of in a uh, weird position, if you will, you know, with what they're going to have to do with the rotation. We've talked about it ad nauseum here. And uh, I thought this was a surprise. I just think they felt like they had to change something, right? And the easiest place to look was the pitching. And, and also, I'll say this too: like, you know, I think bull pitch, bullpen pitching is very important. And I would even argue that the Nationals made that point during their World Series run with the way that they kind of just, I mean, they ended up, you know, only trusting so few people in that bullpen. And, you know, having to you know alter the way that we thought about the bullpen, going with somebody like Patrick Corbin a lot of the times in some of the most meaningful relief innings they had. Yes, they went to other people, but when it, you know push kind of came to shove, they, and especially in the World Series, it was Hudson, it was Doolittle, and it was a whole lot of Patrick Corbin as well too. And that's one thing is that they never really were able to fix the bullpen long term. Even guys like Kyle Finnegan, who we thought had really nice seasons. Ended up, uh, ended up a bit inconsistent, you know, towards the end, and this bullpen never really put it all together during this during Menhart's stint. They were not able to get a uh, a consistent group of guys together to be their bullpen relievers, and that's what ended up costing them. And I think it's ended up costing him his job. Uh, and that's one of the frustrations this year is that you know. The offense, while inconsistent, had moments uh, you know, where it looked pretty good, but they were in a lot of games where you know, they, they had to rely on Scherzer in spots where I don't think Davey Martinez should have been relying on him. They were letting starters go deeper into games because they didn't have any bullpen pitching that was reliable. And I don't think that's – I mean, yes, it's an indication maybe of the quality of the arms that they have, but also too sometimes that does reflect coaching. Uh, and so, you know, I think that might've been why I don't know if that was the right move. You know, you could make the argument, Hey, hold on to Menhart. And if things don't go well during the season, well, you've already replaced a pitching coach once in the middle of the year and it worked out pretty fine for you. But I don't know if lightning can strike twice in that regard. So I, uh, I think the nationals knew something had to change and they went in that direction. It's a tough move because once again, Menhart was a guy that kind of came in and the way he worked with David Martinez they seemed to fix. Um, they were seen to work in concert well and fix the issues that the Nationals had with the pitching. But I guess the ownership group was not pleased enough with the result of the season that they felt like, hey, somebody's got to pay the price, and it's not going to be the manager we just extended. It's not going to be the uh, the GM we just extended. So it's going to be the pitching coach whose contract you know is going to run out, and um, that was you know that was the upsetting part. And I'm sure Davey Martinez. When he had conversations, when he signed that contract extension, I'm sure he asked about his assistant coaching staff. Um, And, you know, this was something that I think they probably didn't guarantee him. This is probably something that I bet he might have had a feeling was coming, especially if the ownership didn't guarantee this. But, you know, in the end, I do think it's a bit ridiculous to just win a world series have a 60 game season where you're beat up you're banged up some of your bullpen guys go down your starting pitching goes down you don't have the bodies that you want you don't have the names that you want in that pitching uh, you know in, in the pitching staff bullpen and starters included and i think it's a bit premature to take it out i'm not going to say it's ridiculous because the numbers were bad and if you really wanted to make a justification i'm you know that's fine you can point to those i just feel like it's premature I really do feel like it is—it's a premature move. And once again, point to the numbers. There's justification, but if you look at the other sur- surrounding circumstances, I don't think it's quite fair. I don't think it's quite fair considering the shortened season. I don't think it's quite fair considering what the Nationals just achieved. So I do have an issue with the Nationals making this move right here. I just think it's—I um, think it's a bit inappropriate. I think it's a bit short-sighted I mean if you're gonna ask me hey where do the Nats go from here your guess is as good as mine right I don't really know uh, I haven't seen anything about who they're targeting to be their pitching coach but obviously this is going to be a this is going to be a point of a whole lot of contention now this is going to be in terms of coaching in terms of the guides that they have in the building the player development those guys they have currently signed to the Nationals roster who are currently playing those are the ones that have to improve in the coming season and the the uh You know, it's going to be a hot seat, that Nationals pitching coach seat, because obviously ownership believes with what the Nationals have, they should be performing better. I know the biggest thing we're going to focus on this offseason is who's coming in from the player perspective, but this seat's going to be pretty hot, and they better make the right hire to get things on the right track from that pitching pitching perspective. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting, best-for-you protein bar ever made. The new and improved Bilt Bar has six new flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Those go along with the 12 original flavors Bilt Bar has. All of them have Chocolate, Six With Nut, Six Without Nut, Coconut Almond, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel, Double Chocolate, Orange, Toffee Almond, Coconut, and Peanut Butter Brownie. Right now, Bilt Bar has a very limited time offer. With your purchase at BuiltBar.com, you have a chance to get a free cooler while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, here we go, part two of the show today. This is Playoff Diary at number three. I don't have to give you guys a Nationals note today because we just had, had an entire 10-minute opening segment of one, but we did have two games yesterday. It was American League Division Series games one and games one for the Yankees and the Rays, and also the first game of the day was the Astros and the A's. And so um, I will give the Astros credit here; they played a really fun, exciting game, coming from behind, I believe, on multiple yet yeah, on two separate occasions to end up winning their games ten to five against the Oakland A's in game one. What was interesting about this game is that. Uh, I think Carlos Correa heard us talking about him. He heard a lot of people, not just not us, my, you know, here in the Lockdown Nationals podcast, but a lot of people uh, were talking about Carlos Correa. A lot of people had something to say about what he had to say. You know, Carlos Correa is saying, look at us now. You know, where are those people now who had something negative to say about us? Uh, where are those people now, you know, now that we are in the, the National, or the, excuse me, the American League Division Series. After winning two games against once again team I thought was very good in the Twins, yesterday they responded very well. 16 hits they put up 10 runs on a good A's team, and this is the version of the uh, of the Astros that we thought we would see. They overcame a bad pitching performance by Lance McCullers, where he went four innings, gave up eight hits, four run runs, five strikeouts, three of them that he gave up were home runs. But the bullpen was able to piece it the, uh, together. The rest of the way, and so the Astros were able to overcome their bad start with good bullpen pitching, and you know a very t- I mean better than timely hitting, and Correa was a star yesterday. He had two home runs, drove in four runs overall to lead the way. That front of the lineup for the Astros was very good. Springer, Altuve, and Brantley all had uh, hits in this game, and I mean down the line these guys they hit basically one through seven. These guys were able to hit yesterday and hit very effectively so good on them they've got a one-game lead they'll see if they can extend it today in game two of that series that one is going to be let's see at 437 today on TBS your uh, likely pitching matchup is going to be Sean Manea against Framber Valdez so we'll see what happens in game number two the series that I think features the two favorites in the American League is the Yankees. And the Tampa Bay Rays, who played in a pretty fun and competitive 9-3 game until much later in the game. It was five runs for the Yankees in the ninth inning, which included a Giancarlo Stanton grand slam that made this thing uh, an unachievable gap for the Tampa Bay Rays. So that 9-3 final gets in the win. Garrett Cole, six innings, three earned runs, eight Ks. Uh, You have two home runs, two walks as well. Five innings for Blake Snell gives up four earned runs, four Ks. Three of them came through home runs. So the two aces, not pitching great in those games, but I think it was pretty good offense. And I actually didn't hate the way the Rays' offense hit. I liked the way the Yankees' bullpen came in and was able to be pretty productive there the rest of the way. When you've got a guy like Garrett Cole on the mound, usually even if he's given up some runs, you can let him go. You know, Six, seven innings And in Green, Britain, and Sessa were the guys who were able to uh, close out the rest of the way. So, 9 3 win for the Yankees over the Tampa Bay Rays. They take a one game to nothing lead. Game two of that series is coming today. 8 10 on TBS. So, uh, that kind of brings us to now. We've got all four series. And I power ranked them last time. I know we're two games in to this series, uh, to these series now, but I'll power rank them uh, again. So, all four are in action today. You've got Miami and Atlanta, Houston and Oakland. New York and Tampa, San Diego and Los Angeles. I would say the, uh, on, a, on a scale of intrigue, the least interesting series to me is going to be Houston and Oakland just because those two teams have played a bunch. Maybe this is my East Coast bias showing through. But um, the Astros are interesting, but they are the most interesting team of that group. Like, once again, Oakland's got very little star power that resonates, and if you're talking about from a national perspective, it doesn't quite do it for me. I'd say the third most interesting series has got to be Miami and Atlanta, and this is where the intrigue does start to come in for me. Miami, uh, 7-0 now in playoff series. The bad part, the bad news for them, they only scored in two innings out of the 18 they played against the Cubs, but you know what? That was enough. They got very good pitching against the Cubs lineup that is fading and now you're going to see them, though. I mean, I've said this at some point in time. No matter how good your pitching is, and the, and the Braves showed this, eventually they're going to hit. And in that first game, it took them to the 13th to get it done, but they do end up getting it done. In the second game, they were, you know, offense was struggling until later on, and they are eventually able to score enough and put some distance between them and the Reds. I'm, I think this series is super intriguing. Uh, from the, you know, how is Alcantara going to look, Max Free going up against this Marlins lineup. They're going to have to be quality situational hitters in this series, but I think this is a good matchup for Atlanta. I just think the way their lineup comes together is going to be too much. I think now that you're, you know, the Cubs were a sputtering group, and I like them win that series, but the Braves are a tried-and-true Offensive machine, and they have the confidence of that first series behind them. I think it's going to be what, what they're able to put up at the plate against the young arms of the Marlins. It's just going to be too much. I think they're going to overwhelm the Marlins offensively, and I think they're going to win this series. I'm not saying Atlanta's not going to take, you know, one, maybe two games out of this, but I think, or excuse me, Miami is, but I think Atlanta just has the overall quality in the lineup that gets it done in this series. My second most interesting series, the Yankees, because they are my, uh, they were my American League World Series pick. Not the sexiest pick in the world, you know. Obviously, from a you know out there standpoint, the Yankees are a very uh, attractive team. But you saw it last night, and uh, when this lineup, which has not been healthy all season, finally gets healthy, they are just a bear. And you get two hits from LeMahieu last night. Hicks goes three for four. You get the the Giancarlo Stanton grand slam. And uh, Gio Urshela chips in with two hits. Combine that with the quality pitching starts, which they hope to get. And also too, even the pitching's not great. They showed last week in that that Cleveland series that, hey, when things get wild, when things get crazy, you want to go punch for punch, blow for blow. We can do that. We can go toe-to-toe offensively. Um, and I, that's the thing is, you know, they might run into some other teams that can do that. The, the thing is, is that it's the pitching from the Rays against the hitting of the Yankees. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Rays have enough pitching lines and can put enough together offensively, which I think they can, to win this series. So really compelling stuff there. Once again, I'll favor the Yankees. But I mean, obviously easy to set that up 1-0. But once again, I've got the justification of saying, hey, they were my World Series pick uh, from the get-go. Number one, most interesting series. And this one takes place first game tonight, Wednesday on FS1. I think it's our uh, maybe first or second FS1 playoff game. Weird, weird slate today. MLB Network, TBS, TBS, FS1. San Diego and Los Angeles. The Padres surprised me by getting by the experienced St. Louis Cardinals in that Game 3, showing a lot of moxie, showing a lot of poise, and some good pitching. Now they're at a point where they are going forward here, and they're going to have to play a team of the Dodgers that, you know, not... um, Not 100% stamp of approval, but getting the job done against that Brewers group they should have gotten the job done against. I'm interested to see what Clayton Kershaw looks like after a really nice 8-inning, 13-strikeout performance in his last outing, and I'm excited to see what the pitching from the Padres looks like, because I think this might be a series where whoever they throw out there, they're going to realize, hey, we're going to have to go punch for punch with the Dodgers. We're going to have to score uh, some runs, which is their specialty, but that offense is going to have to show up if they want any chance, any chance uh, of winning this series and getting by the Dodgers, and for the Dodgers, it's all about hey, we've won a playoff series. Let's use that to get some confidence and hopefully make our way to the World Series. The Braves are still my favorite out of the National League, but um, I think you know I think I'm gonna roll with the two faves here, the Dodgers and the Braves in those series. Um, I think those those are kind of kind of the way to go with those. I like the White Sox in the first series uh, against the the Athletics. Gonna be honest again, I like I like the Astros here. Just because of their experience, Oakland's gonna have to, have to get to that, that not outstanding pitching group and stay on the bullpen if they wanna win that series. But I think all four of these are compelling enough. I know football's dominating the news cycle, and this was always going to be the hiccup with you know going at this point of the season, with all these sports going, the NBA Finals going as well. too. But um, I'm still really, comp- you know, I'm still really interested in these baseball games. I'm still, you know, as somebody who is a general sports fan, I still find myself, even if it's college football or pro football or the NBA finals, you know, if I'm watching two screens, which I usually am most of these evenings... I find at least one of them is going to be, no pun intended, locked on uh, some baseball. So I want you guys uh, a couple other things. Check us out at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On MLB podcast as well as Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Things that are upcoming. We have already done our postseason position breakdowns for catcher and first base. Those are both up. Go check those out in your podcast feed. I enjoy doing those. The next one coming is going to be second base, and that one should be coming up tomorrow. I might double up and just put that one out tonight as well too, but second base is going to be coming. Um, the review of that position, another really compelling one for the Nationals, kind of what happened this season, where they're going from there. So make you guys make sure you guys uh, check out All those things as well, too. Make sure you give us us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you download. And then one more thing. Before we get out of here, we want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Postmates. Right now, the world is very crazy. You don't need to be going out. You don't be getting food when you don't have to. Whether you need it, red wine at 4 o'clock or sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m. or ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmates it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery you need, all year round service. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They are the largest on demand network in the US and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery stores, and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you whatever you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. Download the app right now on iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants, businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time right now, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use a promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. Download the Postmates app and save with code Locked On.